Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. If you if you missed earlier, we were talking a lot about New Zealand rugby, where it's at, Super Rugby, where it's at. After Paddy Gower, Andrew Gordy on News Hub did their piece on our New Zealanders falling out of love with rugby. Do, what's the care factor anymore? And Izzy, I think the care factor mm. we found this morning is actually pretty high because a lot of people had a lot to say. Yeah, people love the game. No doubt about that. People have really invested in the game, but there's a lot of problems that are stemming from, you know, out of their control. And a lot of it comes down to costs that are involved for kids and parents to go along to these games. One that really uh, rung out and stuck out in my head was the uh, hospitality at these stadiums. You know, it costs a lot to get there, but then also when you go in these games, you're missing games from going having to go line up and, you know, go and buy your drinks and then the drinks have been limited, which is something that we're going to have problems in New Zealand for a while now because obviously we've, you know, made it our own that we are probably horrible drinkers. Most of us are very well behaved, but some out there ruin it for, for the rest of us. So there's problems there as well. But then the entertainment factor. Rugby... You know, stadiums and places like this, is there enough entertainment on offer? The game is the number one entertainment for it. We know that. We know we want to go watch the game. The game is struggling too because stoppages, you know, the ball and play, it's limited. When you go into a game that's 80 minutes long, but you're only seeing the ball and play for 21 minutes, I love the Chiefs-Reds game. You know, people don't want to watch that. So there's a lot of underlying, underlying factors to why the game is struggling and plenty of you at home have sent your messages and voiced your concerns and we want to pay respect to those messages that have come through if we should get rip into it Rick Dog and uh, read a couple out yeah definitely I I mean like you know this one I think uh, really resonated with me and you know I know we've talked a little bit of it but I think this is something that uh, uh, continues to need to be talked about and uh, that is uh, I don't think the prices are dissimilar to any sporting event I'm a passionate Crusaders Mm. man and didn't Mm. miss a game from 2012 to 2019 my opinion is it's the product it used to be exciting Mm. but now with the new rules and the way it's officiated it's not a good watch I've had free corporate box tickets the last two weeks and haven't bothered going there you go isn't it like when you when you're paying for a, for entertainment like the nba the nfl the basketball you're getting entertained um but at the moment the game is, is struggling and there's too many voices i feel it's a game that's evolved over time and and things always evolve innovation comes in people with new ideas push the boundaries and the limits of the game as itself but then the rules and officiating come in to try and um, you know, put a stop to those evolvements and, and innovation. So 
there is too many voices in the game, I feel, and refereeing has got too difficult. A lot of people that I've spoken to that don't really understand rugby, well, the referee and what, all these stoppages, they don't understand why that's a, a penalty or, or simple things. So simplify it, the Rick Dog likes. Mm. If you simplify the game, it makes it a better product. There's more ball in play. But when the refs get involved, and they are being told, I'm not blaming the refs, but refs are being told how they should ref. There's too many voices, I feel, in the game. Yeah, and, and this one's coming from a league fan out of Australia saying, Morning, lads. I'm a league fan. What gets me pissed off is watching uh, somebody taking a knee just so the referee can stop the game up the roosters. I mean, that is mm-hmm. something, you know, we we did talk about uh, earlier this morning, but yeah, rolling those subs. If you've got an injury, just roll a sub on. Carry on playing. Don't, don't wait for somebody to get treatment. Use it like a blood bin. There has to come back to player accountability. I've been, I've been in teams when there was a saying called Kit Kat. Let's take a break, break to stem, uh, you know, the, the way the game's evolving, the way the game's playing. So it comes back to player accountability too. That is part and parcel. Referees really have to put a stop to that, and they're trying to. But I guess with the concussion and, and the player welfare, safety, they're stuck in a hard rock. You know, they're stuck in a hard place, I should say. Not a hard rock. A rock between a hard place. What is that saying, Rick yeah, I've ruined be, that stuck, one now. <laughs> stuck between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> I knew what you were saying. That's but, it. Yeah. That's the one. Like, it, it's a hard one because we've got player safety and concussions. But on the flip side, you know, players and coaches are using that as a, an opportunity to stem the flow of games. And the other thing I would say, and this was a, uh, there was a text uh, we didn't get to it earlier in the show, but uh, or on the show before, but there was a text before that talked about the advantage rules, and and you know mm. that's something that needs clarifying because watching it at the moment, as soon as the referee plays advantage, you know this could go for two or three minutes, and then go mm. back fifty minutes for a penalty. They need to clarify that, I think. There needs to be you know in the laws. This is once again not the referee's fault. They are referring to the laws, so the laws mm. need to change. But you know, if you're going to play advantage, then you need uh, some sort of rule that says, or some sort of law that says, look, once you've gone through five phases post advantage, mm. advantage is over. Because at the moment, it feels like you've got advantage until either you score a try, or the referee blows for the penalty. Well, even five advantages is long enough, Rick Dog. I think even two or three, you know, you're going to play the game. Because players, when they get an advantage, they stop playing and, and they use it, you know, because they know they've got, they can afford to make mistakes. But if teams use that advantage and get past three phases, just play on. That's an opportunity to keep the game flowing. There was a game against the Reds in the Chiefs game. When they had advantage, they... I think that went six or seven phases. They made a wee bit of ground, but then he ran it back about 30 or 40 metres and then blew up the penalty. So, Varnish, there needs to be clarity there. I totally agree with you there. There needs to be clarity. If you pass the ball and you go two or three phases, that is the advantage open over. Keep the game going. Yeah, so rugby could do itself some favours by looking at those rules, but uh, this is world rugby mm. we're talking about, so it's probably not going to happen overnight. Uh, another one that's come through, and this is again something that's been echoed. If, uh, uh, I would say to you, if you're going to text us on double eight double three, uh, to please include your name so we can give you a shout-out. There is no name on this one, but possibly from uh, Mark Stafford's burner phone. It says, yes, please, people don't have pride in their super teams anymore. Bring back the NPC mm. and have the best players in New Zealand playing for their province. As a man of a two boy, I'd love to see Aaron Smith playing in Palmy more often. Yeah, that was definitely Steffi. Look, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one, isn't it, um, Rick Dog? Like, Super Rugby and the way that the game is, is played, like these players, 
are getting picked up at a really young age. That is the way that Super Rugby is going. The scouting, the poaching, as many would say, it is happening everywhere. Um, within NPC, I remember when I first started playing NPC, we were called the Hawks Bay Canterbury team because we took a lot of their players that weren't playing at the top level because there's so much depth down here and gave them opportunities. But in saying that, there is so much talent in the backyard, back at home, um, that, that it is possible for those players to be selected. So, look, it's a funny one. Like don't, Players down in Christchurch that are talented but aren't going to get an opportunity, do you want to see them missed out, missing out on, on playing top flight rugby? Or would you want to see them included? You look after your own backyard first, that should be the number one priority. But then on the flip side, if there's a player that's really talented but he can't get an opportunity in Canterbury, why not bring him to Hawke's Bay and, and give him that opportunity? We've seen it happen. Ash Dixon, prime example, played for Canterbury, didn't make the top side, went to Hawke's Bay, made that his own, should have went on and played the All Blacks. Yeah, hundred percent. He was he was an, he was another Dwayne Monkley, wasn't he? Um, to, mm. to a certain extent, and uh, I think that's great talk. You know, there's been a lot of chat around having a draft system. I, you know, and I and I don't know that we need to do a draft with the Australian teams, although that's been mooted. But you know, a draft system within New Zealand itself uh, could work well. Another another one mm. that's that's come up is about the All Blacks and Ian Foster um, and the impact of that. It been a negative appointment back in 2019. Uh, people tend to be split on this, and here's a couple of texts to outline. What what I'm saying here. Steve texted through on double eight double three said, I'm almost hoping that we don't win the World Cup. Because if they mm. do, we'll have to watch Fozzie and Hanson blar on about what a great coach Fozzie is when in reality it's Joe Schmidt and Ryan doing all the work. So you got that from Steve, right? And I, I totally get what Steve's saying, and not that I would support against the All Blacks, but I get what he's saying. But then you've also got Costa, who's, who's chipped in on double eight, double three as well. He said, morning, boys. If people aren't supporting the All Blacks because they don't like Foster, that is a joke. Support the team first. Bullshit fans. We're at a World Cup, and we're a chance. Yeah, there's, there's two points there, eh? Everyone's got their own opinion, and everyone has their, their way of supporting their team. Look, Fozzie was on the back foot from the get-go. Let's be honest, you know, like people seen what he was doing at the Chiefs when he had their head position and then obviously his record didn't help. And then it doesn't help on the other side when Razor's doing what he's doing down here in Christchurch. Like he was he was up against it from the get-go. So it was a difficult task for him. But I like Costa's point of view there. This is our All Blacks team. Yes, Ian Foster's in there, and Fozzie probably made some some bad choices with his assistant selections that, that came back to bite him and, and and probably dampened his credibility or, or the way that he went about it. But on the flip side, this is the All Blacks. They've got the right team in there right now. When you think of the backroom, I think Jason Ryan will have to be one of the best forward coaches in the world. And then you've got Joe Smith in there, who we know what he's done for, for Ireland. So he's got the right people in the right positions. He is our head coach. He is the man that is taking this team to the World Cup. There is no doubt about it. And if you are dead set, a true fan of this All Blacks team, you have to support them. I'm a fan of this All Blacks team. And I'm going to support them no matter what and hope that they can go to France and get the job done. Yeah, well, it's not. You know, we talk about one-eyed Canterbury fans. Uh, that, that's been talked about on the sh- on our show more than once, uh, is he? But I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I remember when uh, you know Robbie Deans didn't get the job, and they kept Graham Henry on for another World Cup cycle, and there were people mm. out of Canterbury saying they were going to support the Wallabies because uh, Robbie Deans was their man. You know, I, I get the passionate uh, parochial mm. support on that front, but you always support the All Blacks. Uh, this text has come through as well. Once again, no name. Please do chuck your name on your text when you send them through. Uh, the All Blacks are crapping their 
pants because of all these sabbaticals and overseas contracts players are taking. So bring in rest to try and keep them here. It doesn't work, and that's why we aren't as sharp as other countries' players, and we aren't playing enough. Izzy will know best training or scenario is live, active rugby. We were miles mm. ahead of the rest of the world because we had the best players playing super week in, week out. They were test-hardened. But on that, is Super Rugby the best product? You know, Rick Tog, is Super Rugby setting us up to be able to compete on a world stage? When you're playing two teams or two unions that play similar rugby, you know, they don't really get tested. They get tested enough up the front, up front, but when they go to Europe in the total different game that they play up there, is Super Rugby the best competition and are we getting enough out of it? I don't, I don't think so. I think losing South Africa and, and the dominance in the forward pack and the, what they bring to a game, the different style, the variations, we've missed that. And then when we come up against these teams that bring a different picture or a different uh, way of playing the game, we haven't seen it before. So we're like, wow, possum in the headlights. So, yeah, uh, playing rugby is key. Because that's where you get most of your, your your confidence, your game, you know, your rugby fit, as people saw it. You know, you can train the house down coming back from rugby injuries, but there's nothing better than actually playing the game. But you need to be exposed to these different styles and variations from other unions. And I think that's what we're lacking at the moment. And that's when we come up against France and, and Ireland, we're like, wow, because we haven't seen these pitches for a very long time. Yeah, and you know we had a, a text earlier uh, uh, that said you know basically that South Africa leaving was uh, the final nail in the coffin for Super Rugby. Uh, well, yeah, maybe yep. maybe there is a, a certain point. Can we that. get them back, Rick Dog? Can nah, we? I think they're gone, mate. I think they're gone. <laughs> the only way we get them we get to play them regularly is if we completely mm. scrap Super Rugby, go back to the drawing board, and then become part of whatever the Northern Hemisphere is doing, and have you know. Uh, I don't know, a southern season and a northern season, but you have the best clubs all playing each other. I think that's probably the only way uh, to get back to that. Uh, Jared has texted through as well, mate. Um, guys, I'm 45. I feel like I've lived through the absolute glory days of rugby in this country. And boy, oh boy, the only thing keeping me interested in it is that it's deeply ingrained in my psyche. And uh, he goes on to say here, the product, in my opinion, is awful. What the hell has happened? I found myself watching the game for the sake of watching it. That's how I've lived my life. So mm. I have snapped out of it. Uh, I got rid of Sky and just watched the five-minute highlight packages on YouTube the next day. We're talking about how expensive it is to go to games with a family. Well, you could not, and I am deadly serious here, pay me to go to a game of rugby. The pedantic stop-start nature of play is enraging. 8,000 different laws refereed different ways by different players, different interpretations. I can't understand what's going on. There's no way that these kids braving the freezing cold have got any idea what's going on. Uh, and he's talking about it. it needs a complete reset. Yeah, mate, I'm hearing you, Jared. I'm hearing you 100%, mate. There's, there's too many rules. The game was simple when I started playing the game. Get the ball. There's someone there trying to attack you and run around them. And, and, you know, that's all you had to worry about. But now you're worrying about offsides. Well, offsides are important, but then, you know, the ruck, you know, rolling out, um, players getting caught in, the, in the awkward positions, the messiness of the game. But it ain't stopping, you know. Like that one when you're lying over the ball, slowing down the ball, I know that's frustrating, but there are certain instances in those games where you'd be like, okay, you can allow that. That player, for the life of him, could not get out of there. So blowing it up and stopping the game. Is that the right thing? No. Yes, it might have taken an extra five seconds to get the ball out. But the reality is, the game's still in play. 
and we're going to see ball and you know ball and play him for longer periods of time. So, mate, I'm hearing you, Jared, and it's frustrating as hell when you know that. Like I said it the, on on the show before, the Warriors and Blues were playing, and every time it stopped, I'd go watch the Warriors, and then I'd find myself watching the Warriors for 20 minutes because the ball was in play for 20 minutes unless they went to the bunker, and then I flick it back, and the ball was in play for two minutes, and then it'll stop again. And I was like, oh, this is frustrating as hell. So I know, and you know, Rick Dog, the product needs a really big overhaul. Or not even an overhaul. Just simplify it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think simplifying the rules would, would help a lot. Uh, Jerry mm. has texted through as well. Guys, I'm a rugby man first and foremost. Catching up on last week in sport, I watched every NRL game and the World Test Cricket final, and I skipped every rugby quarter final. I just didn't get excited by it, by the way. Get Sky now. It's terrific. That is Jerry from Sky. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, Damien suggested that uh, Super Rugby needs a shake-up a bit like Liv has done to golf. I don't know if the Saudis are uh, uh, are interested in rugby, but maybe uh, it'll be interesting to see what that would look like, is he? Japan, mate. Merge with Japan. They hold all the power here. Put our egos on the hook, understand that we need them and go and find something to get them involved. Or if not, head up north. I know travel, we're so far down under here. We're a long way from everyone else, eh, Rick? The travel factor is is a big part of this, but we need to find ways to encourage people to be a part of this product. Australia, they are our closest foes, and we need them to an extent to be a part of this, um, but we need them to be competitive as well. I'd love to have Japan rugby in their top league in the competition, but right now they've got a product that's thriving. Would they be confident and comfortable to come and make that, that step? Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, there's a lot of texts saying similar things about, you know, we need mm. to need to scrap Super Rugby, do something different. John has texted through, Hey, boys, NZRU paid a million dollars for a report on what to do, and it recommended ditching Super Rugby. So they went and got Moana in and set up a women's comp. Uh, the reason Super is down is no one has any connection to these teams. The, don't, the Blues don't represent their region. Their halfback's from Nelson. Their first five is from New Plymouth. The Highlanders' favourite son is from Fielding. People love NPC because those teams actually mean something. So ditch Super. It's done. And, and, and you know, there's some backups to that. Uh, another John has said, 12 weeks of club rugby to start the year, then 12 weeks of NPC type rugby with just Kiwi teams, and then 12 weeks of All Blacks. So there's a pathway and divvy up the All Blacks. So there's three per super team. Um, sorry, three per mm. NPC team. Uh, and what that will actually do is have more players playing professionally or super uh, or semi-professionally, and the IP will filter through to the clubs and, uh, you know, like streams, feed rivers, that will bring the game back, uh, and there will be more coming it's through. Just on that, Rick Dog, like yeah. the connection to the clubs, the connection to their team, is something that's, that rings out in this, isn't it? Like that's alarmingly obvious that people feel like they don't have a connection to their franchise, to their to their team. Unlike Hawke's Bay, the people in Hawke's Bay love their magpies. They always get crowds because they're passionate about their team. But when you've got a team like the, the Blues and their connection to the far north, is there a genuine connection to that Blues team? Probably not. And I know that's been a, a big question that has come out plenty about that situation now. Are they getting enough respect in terms of of you know how much influence they have on the blues is it 
the Blues or the Chiefs of the wider community. We don't know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, Northland, for, for mm. you know, as a standalone province, has been messed around enough. You know, they they were part of the Chiefs. They were part. Of, they are part of the Blues now. I mean, you know, given where the players go, they, I, I think people in Northland tend to follow their players. So, you know, you'll probably find as many supporting the Crusaders in in Whangarei as you will find them supporting the Blues or the Chiefs. Um, and that, and you know, that is that is part of the thing. And I think, Izzy, that comes back to something we've talked about before as well as I think NZR need to look at. Uh, what they do with kids between the ages of 13 and 18 because the mm. way they've put all the power with the schools, it's actually detrimental to the product because the only ones that really mm. get looked after or encouraged to play are the ones that can play at the top level. You know, you cannot go and play club rugby if you're a 14 or 15-year-old. It's just not there. The competition's not there. Yeah. And so that's why clubs are dying because, you know, if you're 13 to 17 and you're playing mm. every weekend at your club, you're bringing your parents along, your grandparents along, they might become volunteers or whatever, and then you stay with the club and you play under 85s or you play resies or you have a crack at the seniors or whatever it is. But now you, you'd leave your club at 13 and uh, go play for your school and then at 18 you've got no connection to your club and so you don't go back there. Mm, the connection from school to clubs is the one that's um, you know, dying at the moment. There is no real connection. I know someone's come through before when we've spoken about this on the show, like having allegiance, schools align with clubs or schools go with clubs. But then on the flip side, families have their own clubs. And I think a big thing at the moment from watching Paddy Gow's, um interview with um, Rico Ioani's mum, she works for Ponsonby at the moment, is concussions. You know, like you're a father and, you know, would you... What's your approach to the game of rugby, knowing that concussions and injuries could happen? That, uh, injuries and concussions are all part of all sport. You know, you cannot shy away from it. Sport is a physical game, or most of them are. So you've got to get injuries, you're going to get concussions. But rugby and concussions, that is stopping a lot of parents from allowing their kids to be a part of these teams and play rugby. Yeah, well, you, yeah, it's interesting you, you bring that up because I don't think league has the same problems. I mean, league at, at mm. schoolboy level is, is growing, so I think it's more perception, mm. you know, and maybe rugby mm. needs to look at that and they need to look at weight grades or maybe they, they, they can age grade altogether and just go weight. So, you know, if you're seven and weigh 100 kilos, you play in this grade or whatever, you know, and if, if, you're, if you're 10 and weigh, you know, 50 kilos, you play in this. It, 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 it's more related to that and that helps stop the concussion if everybody's a similar sort of body Are size. there opportunities there for kids, like to play rugby? Do you feel like it's, if you wanted your daughter to play rugby, would it be something easily easy for you to do? Like knowing, like, because I was just thinking, the, what's involved when you get when you're a parent taking kids to rugby? Obviously, petrol time is a big part of it. Equipment, boots, shoulder pads, mouth guards. Like, there's a lot of costs there that are involved with this. Is that a barrier stopping families? Potentially, yeah, potentially. Mm. I mean, I think mouth, you know, mouth guards should be something that, and I don't know if they do or do not do this, but I think you know. Because mouth guards has been proven to help with concussions, one of the things you should do is when you sign up as a junior rugby player, you get a free mouth guard. That's part of your sign mm. up, right? And make sure that the basics of safety are there for everybody. Not everybody will buy or wear shoulder pads, boots are, are, are another mm. thing, obviously, and then socks and stuff. But I mean, like, we're in West Auckland, right? We're in Teata too. Uh, I couldn't tell you what our local rugby club is. It's probably Western Suburbs, mm. I would imagine. Um, uh, but, you know, the only advertising I have seen for kids' sports, you know, for the winter leading into this season has been for the Teata 2 Roosters Rugby League Club and for Teata 2 mm. Soccer. I haven't seen anything for rugby in Teata 2. Well, there, there you go. 
you know. So yeah, that's uh, mm. that's something else. So let's just knock off. We've got three more texts to get through, is he? Let's knock these off. Yep. Um, and and wrap things up here. And, and a lot of this is is back on uh, the entertainment side. Uh, from Patty, if you watch most Super Rugby players, or if you ask most Super Rugby players, they will say they're in the entertainment industry. There's just no entertainment at the ground in Christchurch. There's a huge car park right beside the stadium. Get a tailgate-style party happening there. Have food trucks, have bands mm. playing, have a Megatron on the big screen. Uh, non-playing players walking around interacting. That would be epic. Yeah, and I know they do it in the stadium, Patty. Um, I spoke about on, on 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 the show like they have a kids area, which is cool. I've never seen that at any club or any game where they go along, jump on the bouncy castles, go popcorn, go have a hot dog. It's quite cool. They had a buller lounge, so they're doing it to an extent. But you're dead right. There's a car park outside. There's no vibe. You go to South Africa, mate. They got tailgate parties galore. People having barbecues, brais, and cooking it up. So when you're driving in there, there's an atmosphere. There's a vibe to it. So. Um, yeah, look at the could. I think clubs are thinking about it, trying, but the biggest problem now is there's no money, there's no money involved because you know they have nothing like these clubs are struggling big time. It's a investment, it's a, it's a risk, and whether that risk is going to be beneficial in the end, that's the biggest question. But you don't know unless you try something, so trying that, that tailgate party in the in the um, car park there could be an option but is that enough to encourage people to come again I think it's more than that I think the product and the entertainment on the field is probably the biggest hindrance at the moment mm. well I mean you know you can charge food trucks mm. to be there right you can choose you can yeah. charge a booze caravans to be there you can charge maybe I don't know 20 bucks a car to be part of the tailgate party uh, there are ways and mm. there are ways uh, whether those people go in the stadium or they try it eh? yeah, just try, try it. it give it a nudge give mm. it a nudge uh, Dave also texted through hey guys probably already being said but what if we have our standard super rugby comp but the winners go worldwide set up a global world challenge competition where winners of the Heineken Cup and all those other comps play for a global trophy like a Club World Cup. I'd definitely be down to watch that. That is something that has been floated and, and something you've talked about as well, Izzy, already. Oh, we want it to happen, don't we, Rick Dog? Yeah. That would be so good, mate. Like, I don't know why we keep talking about it. There'll be, be plenty going on in the back room where they'll be making up excuses or why we shouldn't be able to, why we can't. It's two, it's, it's a couple of egos here that want more piece of the pie. That's basically what it is. So get rid of the egos, put that aside, put rugby, the product, at the forefront of their minds and say, this is what the people want. Let's go and deliver it, mate. I would love to see that. The Crusaders, the Highlanders or whatever taking on the best up in the north. It's like a test match, man, watching these clubs. It's so good. Like we look at the NRL when the clubs go through and they have the club global competition the winner of the NRL plays the winner of the Super League it happens there's an opportunity there let's do it let's stop mucking around let's get stuck in uh, work out who gets what and just make it happen because mm. that will increase interest in the game and then finally made our last text and <laughs> I had to laugh at this one <laughs> yeah it would suck if this was happening at the Warriors the only thing worse would be a bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah Warriors fans oh. no game this weekend unfortunately yeah Mate, the Warriors NRL is thriving. How good. We appreciate all your calls and texts coming through. It's been a lot to uh, get through there. My, my brain is racing and I'm fried and I'm ready to go just have a little relax with my dad because there was plenty done and wine there. Oh. 
Oh. I can't even get the words out. That's how fucked I am. <laughs> Good stuff, Izzy. We'll be back tomorrow morning from 6. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.